0: God's word is God's word. And Paul said, I will not fail to declare to you the whole counsel. Whole counsel is not one thing. It is the whole counsel of God. Hallelujah. Now, let me read this. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. You know, I, I, I like this scripture. Luke 5 and 17. I want you to take a look at it. It says... And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Watch this. Now, I want you to understand, these scribes, these Pharisees that came, they came to see what probably Jesus can do. But now he was not conducting healing service. He was just simply sharing the word. And the Bible said the power of God was present to heal. But watch this. It also tells you that healing is not only in the physical dimension. Because the scribes and the Pharisees, like the Bible says, and the power of God present to heal them. Meaning the scribes and the Pharisees inclusive. So sometimes, you have to understand that you could be a believer... But you are still sick in your soul. Are you still there with me? So, healing is both spirit, soul, and body. And God's word can do all of that even as you listen attentively. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, when I talk about Titan, you should understand it's not as if it's anything very specific, it is the same thing with the principles of giving. Hallelujah. It is simply the principles of giving. Now watch this. Everything in the New Testament is done in love. Not on the basis of fear or as a law. Amen? Are you done with me? Everything in the New Testament is done in love. What I mean to say is, if you don't have love for what you are doing, it amounts to nothing. Now, I'm not just talking about loving the church. That is inclusive. But the key thing is loving Christ. Anything you do is based on your love for who? For Jesus Christ. Okay. Watch this. See it so it's important to survive of every farmer. Am I right? There is no farmer that can ever survive without observing the principle of sowing seeds. And titan is part of seed sowing. How I many of you can still remember the dimensions of giving we shared before? Somebody said, But what are you talking about? I'm just simply speaking on as a grace given part two because we shared that before. Amen? Are you there with me? What you sow goes into your future. That is something you need to understand. There is no farmer that plants a crop today and get the harvest today. Am I right? The same principles applies to sowing. So, whatever you sow goes into your future to wait for you. Patience is required in seed sowing. As what is you sow today takes time to come to the place of harvest. So, you need patience. Now, sometimes people think titan has to do with a way of bribing God or a way of drawing things to come to me immediately. No. Tithing, just like everything how to do with seed sowing, takes time to mature. Every seed you sow must come to the place of harvest. Amen? So it takes time. You don't sow a harvest the same day. Is that okay? Are we there together? And that is why you can't even pressurize people to tithe. Neither can you use to make them sow seeds. You don't. Because it must be born out of love. And then it will be patient to wait for the harvest to do what? To come. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a story. In the book of Mark chapter 10. From verse number 17. Your true love for Christ is measured on two things. Money. And keeping to what he says. He said that in John 14. Me keep my commandment. Did he say so? Now the father will come and make an abode in you. If you love me, keep my commandments. Hallelujah. Your proof of Christ's love is not Lord, Lord. Then I'm going to show you the second thing which has to do with money. Jesus can only prove how much you love him with you keeping what he says and how you handle your money. Okay, watch this. Mark chapter 10. And when he was gone forth into the wave, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now watch this. This is this is like worship. The guy knelt down before him. It means the guy came to the place of worshiping Jesus. Are you there with me? I want you to understand that is more than enough reverence. It's not a kind of good morning or good day. This man knelt down before the Lord. And Jesus said unto him, Why for thou me go? There is no good but one, that is God. Verse 19. Thou knowest the commandment. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not be a false witness. defraud not honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. What a fantastic guy! Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. And I don't want to comment on that, but it's a lie. Because you can't keep all the commandments. As far as the law was concerned, it was practically impossible. Okay. Verse number 21. That Jesus beholding him looked, loved him. Now watch this. And said unto him, One thing thou likest. Go thy way, sell whatever thou have and give. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross and follow me. But let me explain something here. Jesus knew who this guy was. Even what he said, Jesus knew, who practically impossible. But there's something he said: Jesus loved him. Grace. Do you understand that? Jesus loved him. I want you to understand, when you meet with people, when, you, when you're trying to reconcile people, don't always point their witness is false. Get them to the Lord. The Lord will do the policy. Can I add a to that? Jesus loved him. Before he said anything to the guy, he loved him. Praise the living God. Now he gave him a task. If you're so good at doing all of that, one more thing. Go sell all that I got. Give to the poor and follow me. Are you there? And the Bible says, And he was sad at that saying. I went away grieved, grief, for he had great possessions. Jesus looked around and said unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter what? Into the kingdom of God. What is happening here? You said you love me, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Let's see. If you love me, keep those things away and follow me. It was a difficult thing. So it was not the issue of kneeling down, it was your money. If you truly want to prove that you love me, let's have the cash. Are you see that? Two ways by which you can prove your love to Jesus is you keeping what he says and how you minister to Jesus with your money. So when men begin to go into argument, why must you do this? Why must you do that? It's a thing of the heart. I'm going to make you see that. Love is a thing of the heart. And you can prove that, by how you keep the commandment of the Lord and how you minister to the Lord. Praise the living God. How I many of you understand that the great possession that this man is having was given to him by God? Bible says it is God that gives us power to do what? To get wealth. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. We know the definition of wealth in this church. How I many of you remember? Wealth is the ability, the grace that God has given unto you. Is that okay? Wealth is not just money. And that's why I told you, you have to have words to be able to do what? To create words. Wisdom is words. Knowledge is words. Skill is words. Hallelujah. Now talk with me to the book of Second Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm going to be reading for this number 6. If you know that it is God that gives the power to get words, if you know that of yourselves you can do nothing then you have no cause whatever to think that God cannot make a demand upon your life. Basically, now in terms of title. Second Corinthians 9, verse number 6. I read. But this I say, he who sow sparingly, shall reap also reap what? Sparingly. And he who sow bountifully. Shall reap also what bountifully. Every man that is the king, every man as he has proposed where in his heart, so let him give. Now gradually, of necessity, for God leveled what new order, tithing, is directly connected to the state of your heart, your love. It has nothing to do with law. Amen? Nothing to do with law. But the key is there. He that sow sparingly, shall also reap sparingly. He that sow bountifully shall also reap bountifully. God has a way of rewarding us for whatever seed we ever sow. Hallelujah. But don't forget, there's a place for reaping. Reaping is not the same day you sow your seed. Amen. Are you there with me? Now, 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 3. God very cheerful, given. Don't forget that. I'm still going to read this passage from the message translation, but let me just quickly look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 3. Hallelujah. The Bible says, And though I bestow all my goods to fill the poor, and though I give my body to be born, and I have not love, it profit me what? Nothing. God love every trouble giver. So even in your tithing, it has to be out of love for the Father. Are you see that? Meaning, even if you if tithe without love in your heart for the Father, it amounts to what? Nothing. Could it be? That's one of the reasons. The titles we seem to be practicing is not producing. Why? Because if you do it out of law, it's no longer out of love. Do you understand that? If you do your tithe out of the law principle, then basically you can't reap because it's not out of love. God loves a cheerful giver, God doesn't love Someone who is compulsorily really, or out of fear or out of intimidation that if you don't do it, God is going to cross you. No, in the New Testament, you don't have to do that. But we do know that this is what it was if you look at Malaika. Is that okay? Because you don't tell, because you're not doing it, it's going to cost you. Now, I'm not talking about God is going to cost you because I do know that Jesus took away all the costs. Do you understand that? Praise the living God. But the principle is so simple. Okay. Let's go back again. Let me read from the message translation. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. Back again to the message translation. 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 6. I, I, I just read that again and says. Are we there together? Remember. A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. I wish you can put it on the board for the people to see. Hallelujah! Did you understand what I'm saying? Wow! A stingy planter, guess what? A stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Now my father is a farmer, and I used to go with him to farm. I remember when it comes to the time of harvest. There are some yams he puts aside for the next harvest, I mean, not planting season. He wouldn't want to take the one that the beetles have eaten. And I used to ask a question, why would you not do that? He said, oh no, these ones will not do well. Are you sitting that with me? A lavish planter will harvest what? Lavish crops. Is he on the board? I want you to understand that. Listen. You can't play games with God. He has told us in his world. He'll be faithful to those who are faithful, and you'll be crooked to those who are crooked. Hallelujah. Verse seven says, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think over it <laughs> and make up your own mind. What do we give? That will protect you against sub stories and untwisting. You know what that means? twisting. You know what I mean for? Oh, come on. It's just like what we're talking about. Come to the hotel, and then you understand that it's untwisting for you to bring money. Do you understand that? Make up your mind for what you want to do. That we avoid will prevent twisting. I'm not going to use formulas to make you succeed neither will I tell you God is going to punish you for you to be able to tithe. Like his arm twisting. Do you understand that? If I establish for you this money that tithing is still valid as a New Testament believer, then I don't have to go into arm twisting by telling you, if you don't pay, somebody going to eat up your crops. No! Your crops will definitely produce yield, but the yield that is coming forth will be lean. That's what the Bible says. You sow lean crops, you get lean harvest. You sow fat crops, you get fat harvest. Is it simple? Jesus just making it so plain for us. Okay? So it's not a question of intimidation. I'm not going to fight you. You know you know what they call the mafias? You know what mafias do? They're just like area boys. they will be the people robbing the place. Okay? And then they can come to you and say, Hey, listen. We are watching this place. If you pay this amount of money, we'll watch your properties. And when you don't pay, they come to rob you. God is not a mafia. Do you understand that? So you don't pay to be protected. You can only do that to a mafia people. they come to and say, hey, listen. If you don't pay, there are bad boys all over this place. But if you pay, we'll protect you. And if you don't pay, I don't know, I don't know. But there will be the same boys who come and rob you because you didn't pay. Now God is not going to do that for you to pay. It's not a mafia. God is love. Do you understand that? So I'm not talking about if you don't pay, one devil is going to kill you. I'm not talking about that. But don't forget. I can also explain that to you. God made us to understand very Precisely in the word of God. If it's a kingdom. And there are people that keep orders in the kingdom. According to police. Am I right? Maybe God can send police. So that you can pay your tax. Are you there with me? Okay, watch this. Verse number 8. Are we there? I'm twisting. God loves it when the giver, the lies in giving. Verse 8. God can put on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you are ready for anything, anywhere, anytime. But I'm just ready to do what needs to be done. As the psalmist who sits, he throws caution to the wings, giving to the needy reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never runs out, never wears out. This most general God will give seed to the farmer. That becomes a bread for your meal. It's more than extravagant with you. It gives you something you can then give away. Which grows into a full form life. Robust in God. Did you get that? God is extravagant enough to give you. So that you can have enough to do what? To give away. And what you give away returns as a robust harvest. So if you want a robust harvest, you can not be stingy. Did you get this? Principle is just there. Verse 11 says, Wedding every way so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to who? To God. Praise the living God. Are you catching this so far? God loved what? Be cheerful giver. It's not going to coerce you. It's going to untwist you. It's not going to intimidate you. But the principle is so simple. Bountiful ministration equals bountiful harvest. No untwisting. Amen. There used to be a local proverb in my place. And people used to say that. He said, a man who used a goat to set a trap knows the animal he wants to catch. Amen. Is it true? He probably could be looking for a lion. You can't take a whole life goat to set a trap. It should have been an intestine or maybe some of those things. Is that okay? But here is a man taking a whole life goat to set a trap. He knows exactly what he wants to catch. You know what he's hunting for. A bountiful harvest can only come through a bountiful word sewing. You can cheat yourself into poverty if you will. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? You can if you want. No problem. The choice is yours. Let me look at something in the book of Isaiah chapter number 6. This has to do with the people. But I want to read it so that you can understand something. They have to do with children of Israel going into captivity. Judgment was coming upon them. But some people were preserved or left behind in Jerusalem. To so start all over again, if you will. They weren't taken to captivity. That's the background to the passage I want to read now. But there is something I want to pick up from that passage. Are you there in Isaiah chapter 6? Isaiah 6, I'm looking at verse 13. The Bible says, yet a tent. What is the tent? Ten percent, if you will. Are you there with me? And it shall return; the tent shall return, and shall be eaten. What he's saying is, persecution comes again, as a ter tree and as an oak, whose substance is in them. When the cajal leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance. Where will the substance be? In the tent. Now, like I said, here it talks about people. But I'm just wondering why will God use a tent to represent his people that can survive persecution and slavery and judgment. He said, because there is a substance in the tent. What does that mean to me? It means your tide has substance that can sustain everything that you can ever have. Literally. There is substance in your tight. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? This may look strange, but that's the truth. There is substance, meaning there is life in the tent. For you see, it's like you have a big tree, you cut off the big tree. That is not the end of the tree as long as the stump is still remaining. Is that okay? Good. Because the substance of the life of the tree is right in the stump. Your tithe is like a substance for the entire harvest that you can ever have. Hallelujah. Don't forget. The word taint means tithe. Is that okay? So there is tithe. Now, under the Jewish law, like I said before, men were commanded to give 10% for the commandment. These tithes were brought to the Levites. Check numbers 18 verse 21. At the tabernacle and later at the temple, if the trip was too long for them to bring all of these tithes, the fruits and all of them, they sell them and bring the money. Deuteronomy 14, 22 to 27, you can find that. They convert it to money, but that's not what I'm teaching. But there's something I want you to understand. That Titan did not originate with the Jewish people. I remember I mentioned that the first study I gave to you. Archaeologically, it has been discovered that all of those nations were practicing Titan before the Jewish community came into existence. So it's not a law in the first place. It's not; It has nothing to do with the Jewish law. But it's an economic principle that people were operating even before the Jewish nation came into existence. Are you seeing that? So titan is an economic principle. It's a financial principle. It's part of giving. It has nothing to do with the Jewish law. It has nothing to do with Moses' law. So, I'm not teaching law. Hallelujah. Abraham would tithe, never have the law. But he knew that other nations around the Mesopotamia, where they were. tithing was going on. He knew that it was an economic principle. Hallelujah. I think one of the problems we have. Within the body of Christ. It's our inability to do diligent study. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed of rightly dividing the word of truth. We go into argument because we don't do diligent study to find out why and what it is. Now, let me start by saying this from this point. You have two fathers of faith. Permit me to use the word. And two founders of the faith you can ever believe in. Christianity is founded. On two fathers of faith. In the scriptures. That I want to show you. And God said look unto these two people. So in the first place go to Hebrews chapter number 2. Now if these two Founders. Can agree as touching anything, you the son, to agree on that point. Does that make sense? So, look, Hebrews 12, verse number 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Is that okay? Who for the joy I was set before him and the other cross, despite the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I've said it some time in one of the messages I shared with you. The Bible says, or people make you understand sometimes, you're going through some terrible situations and say that's your cross. How I many of you can me remember that message? If God gives you a cross, it will be the glory. The Bible says, for the glory that was set before him, that is Jesus he endured the cross. He saw the glory before he went through the cross. If you are going through any terrible situation, God will not showed you anything that is not from God. Don't allow anybody to put you under that bondage. Shake yourself from that dust. Is that okay? Before Joseph stepped into Egypt, he saw the eleven stars and the moon bind down to him. He saw the glory. Don't death into life. And take it from you. The world is still the world. But the glory that was set before him. He endured the cross. Moses had to go through the wilderness. After God have told him about Canaan. A land flowing with milk and honey. Don't carry any cross God didn't give to you. I take it from your shoulder. This money. there is any cross you are carrying, God will show you the glory. Amen? If I before I left where I was in the village down here, God told me what's going to happen to this city. I shared that several times with Maxwell. Prophetically, people came and said this is what God told me. Very close friend of mine. And I'm walking into all of those things step by step. I saw the glory before I came here. I also saw the terrible side of this glory. Which is part of the cross? It was not easy. But the rain has started falling on the desert. Glory to God! For the glory that was set before Him, He endured the cross. There are three crosses you can bear: cross from God, show you the glory; or self-imposed, called or satanic cross. You have a choice. Is so that God is giving it to you, and He will show you the glory. Or self-imposed cross. The one you carelessly and stupidly carry. Some of that you carry by your belief. I'm claiming to be the cause of your father. If you are suffering for your father's sickness, you are not born again. Any cause that is coming from your home and is hanging on you, you are not born again. you know what I'm talking about? You are not born again. I don't care how you preach it. I don't care who is interpreting that. If you carry any cross from your father. Still in the church. You are not born again. Hallelujah. So now we have Jesus. The Bible says look unto. Did he say so? Okay. Let's see if the Bible asks us to look unto somebody else. Isaiah 51. That's I say. You have two fathers and two founders. If you will. One spiritual, one natural. First natural, then spiritual. Did the Bible say so? Glory to God. Isaiah 51. Verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock where you are hewn, and to the hope, the hope of the pit whence you are digged. Look at verse 2. Hebrews 12 verse 2. As after fifty one verse 2. Come on. Did you find anything there? Look unto. Goodness. Your, who? Your Father. And Sarah that bear you. For I call him alone and bless him alone and increase him alone. Now. Now. I'm coming. Just follow me. Look unto Jesus. The Bible says we should follow his footsteps. Did he say so? Now he's saying again, look unto who? Abraham. Okay. I'm not going to be in a hurry. Let me read it from the message translation. You know I'm in love with this book. Okay. The message. 51 verse number 1. The message. Isaiah. Listen to me. All oh, you who are serious about right living. And committed to seeking God. Ponder the rock from which you were caught. That means you have the same identity. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? This is why you are called lively stone. You are caught from a rock. So the same identity, the same texture, the same feelings of the rock is what you have. So you have the genes of Abraham. Are you there with me? It's all the more reason why you can fail. Because Abraham could not fail. It's all the more reason why you prosper. Because Abraham was prosperous. It's more reason why you give that. Because Sarah was not barren. Look unto Abraham. The rock from where you were caught. Don't look on any man. Now he said, think of it. One solitary man. When I called him, he was one man. But once I bless him, he multiplies. How like that? Glory to God. Once I bless him, he multiplies. Now I'm going to take you to how he blessed him. Are you seated? Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, easy. see, I don't want to read that. But if you go to Romans chapter 9, verse 10, the Bible talks about what shall we say then? That the Gentiles should follow no after righteousness, obtain to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. Amen. Israel have not followed that. Just go there and read that. I don't want to bother myself on that. Now, Galatians 3, verse number 6, the Bible tells us something. Go to Galatians 3. Are you there with me in Galatians 3? I'm reading from verse 6. Even if Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are what? The children of Abraham. So who are you? A child of Abraham. Go to verse 16. Now, that Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Now, I want you to know promises. I'm going to take my time to teach today, so don't be in a hurry. Okay? Now, to Abraham his seed were the promises made. He said, not as a seed as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Are you there? Now, listen to me. If you want to preach parental courses, preach Abraham course. Are you there with me? If Abraham is your father, if Abraham is her father, if Abraham was cursed and his course is blessing, then I'm ready to be course as Abraham was course. Why do you want to carry courses and you can't carry blessings? I don't know what's wrong with the church. How many fathers do you have? says, as many as have come to the place of faith, they are the children of who? Abraham. You are not from Okoro's family. Are you sitting with me? You are not from any community called Mogago. Glory to God. (laughs) Are you sitting there with me? Come on, give a clap up to Jesus. You are from Abraham. He is your father. Glory to God. Are you sitting there with me? He that is in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Father, hallelujah. Say, Look unto this guy where you are caught from. That's why you are a lively stone because all the energy that make him successful in life are in your life. Hey, and I'm seeing this little stone becoming a mountain. Hallelujah. 17. This I say that a covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was so is after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non effect. Glory to God. It means the Lord of Moses came after God had made a promise to Abraham 430 years. Now the story is Abraham tithed for thirty years before Moses was born. What do you think is a law? Are you done with me? Why are you saying tithing is a law? Tithing is under grace because Abraham lived and walked in grace. He didn't do anything before God called him. He was a pagan idol worshiper. God pulls him, that polish him, bless him, multiply him. He did nothing. 430 years before the law came. And somebody is telling me tithing is under law. What Bible are you reading? Are you still there? Did Abraham tithe after the law or before the law? So why are you saying tithing is under law? people know what they are talking about. They are saying it's Old Testament. What are you talking about? The whole New Testament is a reference to the Old Testament. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Read the book. Don't be deceived by any man. Hallelujah. You know, when I started ministry, to be honest with you, I was not preaching. I wrote a book against it. One day the Lord woke me up in the afternoon. I was resting in the afternoon. The voice just came loud and clear. First Corinthians chapter 9. Verse number 9 to 13. Read it. I took the book and I read. And I said, sorry, Lord. Now I see the difference. The first question is, when the Bible says, Muslim or the horse that threaded out the corn. Was it saying that for oxen or for we who are ministers? And the answer says, ministers. Paul was making reference to the Old Testament. That's where God broke my mind. And I didn't know how to tell the church we can't pay tight anymore. But God delivered me through a brother. It was conducting Sunday school service. All of his sons in the spirit came on him and he shouted, "Alone! Alone! We must stay tight in this church." Serious. It was not easy. I have to go back again and apologize because I was denying them of the blessings of the Lord. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Verse number 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by what? By promise. Let's let's be in the hall a little bit. Go to verse 29. Verse 29 of the same chapter. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And earth, according to what? The promise. Is that okay? Yes, sir. The promise. Okay, now, you move down to Hebrews chapter 7. This is where the question came. Let me begin to explain. Just keep with me today. We need to do justice to these subjects. Anybody that need to ask a question, do take this CD and give to the person. Okay? Take taking my time. Hebrews chapter 7. I'm reading for verse number one. The Bible says. For this Melchizedek. King of Salem. Priest of the most high God. Who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings. And blessed him. I want you to know that. Remember. Remember. In Isaiah 51 verse number two. The Bible says. Ponder Abraham your father and Sarah. Think of it. One solitary man. When I called him, but once I blessed him, what happened? He multiplied. When was his blessing? Genesis chapter 14, verse number 18. That is where Melchizedek made who? Abraham. And that is why Abraham offered it what? Pay tight. I'm gonna show you something. The point is this. You may have a lot of promises hanging in the air right now. One of the major reasons why they have not come down to your life because you have not received the blessing and that blessing you connect through what? To Titan. Look at verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 7. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all first being the interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days, nor end of life. But made like unto the Son of God, about the priest continually. Now let me explain something here. People miss this and they think that Jesus Christ, the Bible says like unto. It didn't say he is the Son of God. When the Bible, see, there are some people who don't understand about the Bible. When you say like unto, it doesn't mean the same thing. Okay, what's this? The devil as a roaring lion. Does that make the devil a lion? What? Did you get that? But that was as the son of God. But he is not the, as the son of God. But not the son of God. So it's not Christ. That's wrong theology. Did you get the point? So this was a literal king. But he was the king of Salem, which is Jerusalem. And he was functioning for God. He was a worshiper of God. Now watch this. Abraham cannot enter Canaan because there was already a king in Canaan. God does not break his rules. If he gives dominion to a man, you have to acknowledge who is there before you enter your own promise. Are you sitting there with me? Hallelujah. So watch that. Verse number 4. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch gave the tenth of the spoils. Genesis 14, verse 20. Now look at verse number 5. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi who received the office of the priesthood had a commandment of the tithes of the people according to the law. That is, of all their brethren, though they came out of the lands of Abraham. Verse 6. But he whose descent is not counted from them, receive types of Abraham. And bless him that have the promises. Watch that. Watch what listen. Listen to what God said in Isaiah 50. 50 Do you understand it? I called him alone, and when I bless him, he multiplied. Now he got all the promises, but there was no multiplication. Until they can Abraham, I mean, Melchizedek, who was a priest of the Most High. Are you getting that? Melchizedek now bless him who have the promises. Now, let me explain something here. You know why people are confused? The Bible says, I have no father no more than No, 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 no. What he's saying is this. When you use that language, it's like a metaphor. When you use that language, what it means is because... The Levitical priesthood, okay? Levitical priesthood. You can't be a Levi unless you trace your genealogy. Whose son are you? How many of you remember? It has to do with John the Baptist being the son of Zacharias from the very course of Abia, which has to do with Abiata. Are you getting that? Because Abia is the only state in Nigeria that's in the Bible because they are all priests. Where are the Abia people here? Three students from Abia. <laughs> the only state in this country. That's why Nigeria is a nation. I'm not surprised the Imam say they are Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> because they have Abia as Abia state. Are you still there with me? Now the Bible made us to understand. When he say, I have no father, no mother. What he saying is. You can't trace the genealogy of Melchizedek to the Levitical priesthood. Meaning, God raised another priesthood and did away with the Levitical priesthood. That's what it means. And if you read down this chapter, the Bible says there was no record of Judah being mentioned as producing the priesthood. But Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. So, what God is saying is, He's raising up another priesthood which we all belong to. That is why we are also in the Merchizedek order. So, you have the order of Levite, and you have the order of Melchizedek. That's what He's saying. So, He's not saying, this might just fail from somewhere, and have no mother, no father. No, 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 no. That's why they think of Jesus Christ. If you want to bring in the natural, Jesus has mother, He has father. He's not talking about that. What he's saying is, you can't trace his genealogy onto the Levitical priesthood. Is that okay? New order. Verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And he that thou receive tithe. But dear. I want you to understand it, because it's very important to me. He that I received receive tithe. That received tithe. But dear. He received them of whom it is witness that he liveth. What does that mean? Here, men who died. Dear. The first thing is both of them receive tithes. As he relates to Christ, who is the head of the new order. Am I talking to somebody here? Eh? Levitical order received. Christ received, if you will. When he said here, men, dear men, understand two houses. May the Spirit don't take me too far for you. But he's talking about Hebrews chapter 3. The first house was a house built by Moses. The second house was a house built by Jesus. It's a spiritual house. What well, was a natural house? So, dear men, Or here amen dear man. Are you following what I'm talking about? The point is, both of them received the tithes. So you can't say the New Testament without not the new house that God is building is the house of God, which is the church. Then the head of this church, as represented by Melchizedek, received tithe. My question is this. If Jesus accepted to receive tithe in Melchizedek, as the case may be, Abraham was also your father, pay tithe. Why do you argue against tithe? Did you get that? Looking unto who? Jesus. Looking unto Abraham, these are the only two men God asked you to look on to. And both of them are involved in this business. What is your argument? Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you get that? What is your argument here? You have no argument. It's selfishness. It's greed. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Because your hearts, when it comes to money matter, no, 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 it starts pumping double. For money to come out of your pocket, no, 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 no. Some of you need deliverance to release money from your pocket. Are you sitting there with me? The Bible said, Yeah, the old testament, they receive tithe. Levitical order. Here, the new testament, we got to receive tithes, meaning we have to pay tithe because Abraham paid it, and we are Abraham's children by what? By faith. Are you there with me? Hallelujah. Now let me explain something to you. The blessing we are talking about has nothing to do with bless you, bless you, bless you. All this kind of stuff. If you look at the book of Luke chapter 24, and the 50 down to 51, when Jesus was to speak, all the disciples, after speaking with them, the Bible says, and he came to pass, verse 51, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Why he blessed them? Listen, it's a transfer of life. It had nothing to do with a wish. Do you understand? Now, Abraham got all the promises, but the blessing never came until he met Melchizedek. And when the blessing finally came, what happened? The Bible says he did what? He prospered. Hallelujah. Amen. Now remember, verse number 6 of the Hebrew. But he was there, he not counted from there, received. Light. Bless him that has what? The promise. Blessing releases the promises of God in your life. You may have all the promises from the Lord. One thing you need to release those promises. Is God's blessing upon who? Upon your life. And that you can contact through Titan. Amen? How many of you understand that Abraham had the promise of Isaac for 25 years and didn't come until he met Time to read the book. Take time to dig deep. I take time to study. I don't want to believe everything just because somebody says. It took another 25 years. Even after God had said, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have a seat. It took another 25 years. Until he met Mekhazadek, Isaac was still locked up in his lungs. And the Bible says, when he blessed him, the promises were what? Released. How many of you understand? Abraham has all the promises, but yeah, look at his whole family. Large, stock, large, farm, large animals have this servant working for him. But he had no child of his own. The promise was there. But when he met Melchizedek. Give him the new order. Bread and wine. Are you sitting there with me? He gave him bread and wine. Broke bread with him. Come on. That's a communion of the Lord. He broke bread. Bread and wine. When he received bread and wine. Isaac came forth. And before Jesus left. He broke bread with the disciples. This is my body. This is my blood. Bread and water. Give to them. A new order. A new season. A new people. By the way, if you eat his flesh, then your flesh is no longer your flesh. Because anything you eat, have to digest within you. You drink his blood, then your blood is sick. Hallelujah. Are you sitting with me? I remember last week I mentioned it very expressly to you. I believe God can change anything you call parental causes without you bothering yourself. You only need to believe in your mind. Because if technology can... Right now my wife was speaking to me. A lady gave birth with full-blown HIV. Full-blown. Gave birth to the baby. It takes the blood of the baby. No HIV. So that baby did not carry any parental cause. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't carry the blood of the mother. He didn't carry the blood of the father. Free from HIV. Every parental HIV that have been in your family before now is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? The greatness of Abraham is connected to the blessings he received after he paid tithe to Melchizedek. Is that okay? Melchizedek possessed, remember the Bible says, he is the priest of the Most High God. Amen? Hallelujah. God changed the priesthood, but the principle of oppression remained the same. Because if he hadn't changed the priesthood into that of the Melchizedek order, you cannot become priest of God. In that sense, except you are born as a Jewish person, not even as a Jewish person, but from a Levitical priesthood. That's what God did. You only change the priesthood, but you still have the priest upon the face of the earth. Praise the living God. So, folks, don't play with your tithe and principle. You connect the blessings that will unlock your promises, and there are so many promises. I believe that God has made to you one of the ways by which you can unlock those promises is to bring them down from the heavenly realm is to connect to the title principle. I'll be bold to declare to you, we are under grace, we're tithe under grace. And tithe is a financial principle. It's not under law. Abraham didn't operate the law, but Abraham tithe, And Abraham is our father. If we truly believe Abraham is our father, we can do what our father did. And I will get the blessing of our Father God. Can you please stand up? Let's give thanks to the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just give thanks to the Father. Let's give thanks to the Father and let's begin to talk to God. Because some of us are so, you know, you need to pray for the release so that you can truly believe in what I'm talking about. You can come into it and say, God is making this principle available. And God wants us to really practice it. God wants us to walk in it. You can't tell me it's an old order. There is nothing old about what I'm talking about. Abraham is not an old man. Abraham is the father of faith. Hallelujah. Bible says looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher. They say look unto Abraham from which rock you are hewn. Hallelujah. Talk to the God. Talk to God.